Hello, and welcome to the Wild Heart Meditation Center podcast. We release these episodes every week on Wednesday mornings, and the best way to support us is by clicking subscribe and taking a moment to rate the podcast wherever you are listening. If you'd like to support our efforts to keep the nonprofit Meditation Center open in Nashville, you can donate via Venmo by sending your donation to at Wild Heart Nashville, or you can make a donation through our website, wildheartmeditationcenter.org, by clicking the Donate tab. Peace and love. Hope you enjoy. see y'all. I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of things on this retreat. Earlier, I was just walking around the retreat center, and just a lot of memories coming up, a lot of feelings coming up, and mostly I just saw gratitude inside of me that I've been a part of this retreat center since pretty much the beginning. The first retreat I went here, they had only been open about three months. I remember the lobby had like one of those walls of plastic, like they were doing construction and they were dividing up as they were working on some of the rooms. And over time, just seeing more and more of the rooms being developed. And as I was walking through, the retreat center, seeing the division of the rooms that have been developed and the ones who haven't yet. And just feeling this great amount of gratitude and seeing that in me. And also just seeing the, the generosity that this place is built on generosity. So I'm just sitting in the, the courtyard looking around and I'm living in this world of generosity. It's a wonderful world to live in. And as I'm walking around, most of you have met Bodhi the cat. (laughs) And Bodhi says, hi to me, nice to see you. Will you rub my belly? And rolls over. I rub Bodhi's belly. I see joy in me. I see joy in this cat. I see this world of joy in Bodhi the cat. And other things I've seen, you know, to get real, the, the fullness of this experience, that there is joy. And also, I've seen a bit of sorrow that I've shared about, right? And I've, I've seen this in me, the sorrow in me and how it's being held. It's quite beautiful. I talk with the residents here about Panadipa's death, and I see the, the sorrow in them, but I also feel the compassion in me, and I see the compassion in them. And just living in this world of compassion is quite beautiful. And then I look around, right now in front of me, what am I seeing? A lot of good friends, 
a lot of motivation, a lot of new friends. Some of you I haven't even talked to, but I'm definitely feeling you. I'm seeing the friendship to be <laughs> arising. And, uh, to be real, it's, it's like, I'm so stoked y'all are here. Like I said, like I've been around this place for a long time. And, you know, it's kind of like listening to a band and you're like, this band is so good. You got to check this band out. And then your friend finally checks out the band. And you're like, see, I told you it's awesome, isn't it? And so I feel that way, like this um, excitement of love and, and sharing of Dharma. So I'm, I'm living in that world right now. And so I'm seeing a lot of, of beautiful things on this retreat. And that brings me to the topic I've landed on. It's viewing the world through kind eyes. And how in this retreat we can develop uh, the power to view the world in kind eyes and live in that world uh, of kindness. Because uh, I don't always live in this world. It sounds so nice, we're on retreat and I'm having a great time. And to be real, there's been plenty of times even on retreats here that I wasn't living in that kind world. You know, there's this big Buddha here. And I, I always like that the Buddha can hold so much and he holds a lot of my projections. That I can walk into this room and see this big Buddha and then that grasping mind arises. That's a big-ass Buddha. That's a cool-looking Buddha. I need to get a Buddha like that. I can have that in my house. Like, I'll have it in my living room, and people will walk in and be like, that guy is so Buddhist. People will love me with my big Buddha. And I'm living in this grasping world. That's the world I live in, because projecting onto this statue. And on the other end, I, to be real, walking into a room with a big-ass Buddha and uh, being like, what kind of wild cult is this? Worshipping these giant statues. That's so weird. But the, the new one, the new projection I have on this, this Buddha is this like doubtful Buddha. Like This represents the, the guy that t lived 2,600 years ago and at the same time, the mind of that guy that lived 2,600 years, years ago is right here, and he's judging me from behind me. And so when I like cuss too much, he's like the disappointed Buddha, like, yeah, you're cussing too much. Or if I say something that may not be completely uh, factually correct as I talk about something historical or I embellish a story, he's like, that's not how it went. <laughs> he's over here, the judging Buddha. And it's just a projection. That's just a statue. That's not the Buddha. And so what we discover is like this world is what we make it. The Buddha is what we make it. This statue is what we make it. But even like these phrases, may I be at ease, may I be at peace. May I be kind and gentle with myself. May I be filled with loving kindness. I haven't always been uh, so into these phrases. I was kind of averse to them at the beginning. I remember me and Andrew were working on a series we were doing, I think it was 2018 or 2019. We were doing a series called The Summer of Love. And it was the whole summer we were doing these day-long retreats on the Brahma Viharas. And the first Brahma Vihara we were covering was loving kindness. 
And we were going back and forth on what phrases to use. You know, me, I'm more of like a flowery, like I want to go on a retreat and have a romance with myself, a nice little getaway with myself. And Andrew's a little bit more, he's, he's smart, you know. <laughs> I'm boring, just <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> See, he's viewing my words in that way. <laughs> so we were going back and forth on what, what phrases to use, and we landed on these phrases. I don't think either of us were like incredibly happy with them, but they were like, yeah, good enough, good enough. And we, we went years just using these phrases, just because, okay, we agreed to them once, now let's use it and pretty much everything we do. And then we taught our first retreat here, and things started shifting with these phrases. Um, one particular student on the retreat, uh, a guy named Dan, um, and Dan uh, was new to our community. He had only been around like, like three to six months, and he was quite ambitious. I know some of y'all are quite ambitious, maybe new to our community and jumping into retreat. He, he was like y'all. And just a couple months into, re, into being in our community, he's like, let's do this retreat. And uh, we're friends, actually, with his uh, daughter, Dana, was a longtime member of our community. And I remember the first night he came to Wildheart, I saw him before the class. And... And Dana was like, I'm going to go take my dad to go to Wildheart and see what it, you know, he thinks of it. And he went and he loved it and started going on retreats with us. And in this retreat, we were teaching these phrases. May I be at ease? May I be at peace? May I be kind and gentle with myself? May I be filled with loving kindness? And within a, a few months of that retreat, Dan was diagnosed with brain cancer. And it, it started spreading pretty fast, you know, and he wasn't doing so well. And COVID hit, and we started teaching online. And we, some of you who are a part of this class, we, we taught a class called Living the Dharma, which was like an advanced practitioner's course. And we did intensive things, and we spent a whole month contemplating death, doing death uh, meditation and uh, um, really opening our heart up to the truth of death. And in this class, Dan came to talk about his process of dying. You know, Dan was a very smart guy, very likable guy. And it was tough because it was over Zoom and I, I turned on my screen to witness Dan having a hard time logging into Zoom. He had to get Dana to, to help. And, and when the screen came on, half his face was droopy, and, and he had a hard time finishing his sentences. And he, he was so willing, so strong, so, so compassionate that he, he spoke with our community about his process of dying, really. And he, what he shared with us was what these loving-kindness phrases really meant to him. And he said that they're trying to get this tumor out of my brain. And they start carving into my skull. And as they're carving into his skull, he says, oh, I remember loving-kindness. 
as I feel the pain, if I, as I feel the fear, I remember. May I be kind and gentle with myself. May I be kind and gentle with myself. Mm. He so playfully said, it's the Jedi mind trick is what he called it. And what an inspirational thing. If Dan can wish loving kindness towards himself as he's in his process of dying, as he's going through this terrible surgery, yeah, that's very inspiring to me. I can get through my day with being kind and gentle with myself if I remember loving kindness and the power of loving kindness. So very shortly, within a few weeks, Dan died. And we were told this story that as Dan was dying, Dana, his daughter, was by his side. And he was going in and out of consciousness. And they sat together saying, may you be at ease. May you be at peace. May you be kind and gentle with yourself. May you be filled with loving kindness. They sat there wishing loving kindness to one another. And then Dan would go out of consciousness. Dana would keep going, wishing loving kindness. And Dan would come back into consciousness and he would start saying it again over and over until he eventually passed. Hmm. And now these these Phrases mean so much to me. They're so dear to me. When I say these to myself, it's what I've learned and how I view these phrases. That I say, may I be kind and gentle with myself. I remember seeing Dan and how he courageously wished himself love and kindness to the very end. It was, it was so nice that uh, Andrew and I spoke at his funeral, and I was able to give this meditation at his funeral. And it's like, you know, that karma can be a very confusing concept, but it's like it lives on, doesn't it? And I can feel Dan's karma living on in me through these phrases. And just remembering to live in this world of kindness, even as these difficulties arise. Mm. So, the Dhammapada the first and second verse of the Dhammapada and clearly explains this, how our loving kindness can shape the world we live in. That the first verse says, all dhammas, all dhammas meaning all phenomenon, are preceded by the mind, ruled by the mind, made by the mind. If one speaks or acts with a corrupt mind, then suffering follows. Like the wheel of a cart, uh, cart track, the ox pulls it. 
And then it continues, all dhammas are preceded by the mind, ruled by the mind, made by the mind. If one speaks or acts with a calm, bright heart, then happiness follows just like a shadow that never leaves. And what we come to discover that this world is mind-made, that if we approach life with Hatred, greed, ignorance. We live in a world of hatred, greed, and ignorance. If we approach the world with kindness, compassion, appreciation, and joy, we live in a world of kindness, compassion, appreciation, and joy. And I'm not saying this in a way that there won't be difficulties in life that we can manifest something in the world and manipulate the world. But we can uh, change how we view the world and therefore change how we live in this world. Hmm. So while this world will have its inevitable difficulties and inevitable joys. It's how we approach these things in life that really dictates that shadow of happiness. That, you know, going back to Dan, that he took refuge in his heart, finding this view of even death with loving kindness. Let's go approach all things with that heart of loving kindness. As we expand our heart open, we can have a heart that breaks open rather than closed. And I, I want to take refuge in, in knowing that the Brahma Viharas are available in our own heart. And the Brahma Viharas are these divine abodes, these, these spiritual abidings that live within us, that gives us the lessons to know how to respond to life directly without shutting down in hatred or giving in towards craving. And the heart is led. It begins with this practice of loving kindness. And this loving kindness that we come to discover is this indiscriminate loving kindness. That we learn that I can love you too. Whatever this is, I can love you too. Excluding nothing. May I be at ease with all of life. Whatever it may be. This indiscriminate attitude of kindness. And then we expand the heart into the second Brahma Vihara. And the second Brahma Vihara is compassion or Karuna. And Karuna is a way to bring loving kindness directly towards the pain we experience in life. And if we have this gentle kindness towards pain, we can 
live in a world that isn't uh, caught up in reactivity and violence. That we have a nurturing heart to know that life has difficulties. I can love you too. The image I tend to bring up when it comes to compassion is a, uh, let's say, well, I go to Disney World a lot, right? Let's say I'm at Disney World. Let's go to Disney World in our mental minds. I think some of y'all can use it. Uh. <laughs> and we're at Disney, and you're just sitting down on the bench, taking a break. Let's take a break. We've been walking around, and we sit at Disney. And then you see a family. And in this family is a young child that wants to get some ice cream. And this child asks their parents, can I have some money to go get ice cream? So excited to go get ice cream. So this kid goes and buys ice cream. And she has her ice cream. She's so happy that she has her ice cream. And she's running back so excited. And then she trips, she falls, she drops her ice cream. And then, oh, she scraped her leg, she dropped her ice cream, oh no. And then she starts crying, and she looks up and discovers her family's gone. Oh no, her family's gone. She scraped her leg, she dropped her ice cream. <coughs> what a ter terrible Disney experience she's happening, is happening. So she looks around, and looks around, and, and all she sees is you. And she looks at you, and she's crying, and her ice cream is dropped, and her family is gone, and then, oh, she wants help. And this feeling arises, oh, oh, this poor girl that dropped her ice cream and lost her family, oh. And I think that's like the genuine heart of compassion, oh. Having that sweetness to soften into and being willing to welcome this in. Oh, come on, come on in. Okay, okay. And that's that feeling of compassion, whether that may be something as difficult as death, or it may actually be, you know, a pain in the leg. Oh, oh, there's pain in my leg right now. Oh, being sweet with that. Mm. Well, while we have the inevitable difficulties in life, the Brahma Viharas also opens up to knowing that there's inevitable joys in life, that we want to bring in the heart of appreciation as well. And it's not in spite of that we can have our difficulties and we can have the beauties as well. And if you're anything like me, you may forget that there is joy in life. And we want to embrace joy feel joy and know joy, that our hardware is not inclined to embrace joy, that we have our own set of negativity biases that's looking out for threats rather than pleasures. So we can take time to know that joy is impermanent just like anything else, but it arises and passes that we can fully enjoy the pleasant experience while it's here. And so while we were on this retreat. I love this place. Can I fully know that this retreat will be over at 
at some point. So I better appreciate the retreat while we are here. You know, and even you know, like I said, my teachers. I know Panadipa just passed. I know Panyawadi at some point will go too. I better appreciate her company while she's here. And I saw her. It was great. We had a nice hug, nice discussion. It was great. And even this retreat center will be gone at some point. I want to fully appreciate that, that it's here now. Appreciating things while they are here, without clinging, is this practice of the Brahma Viharas. And so as we have this full heart, the last Brahma Vihara is equanimity. And equanimity is a way to live with a wide open heart and having the wisdom to know that life is full of joys and sorrows. And we won't be pushed or pulled to one side or the other, that we can stay with the equanimous open heart without diving into hatred and not diving into grasping. And we can stay even in the middle of life. And this practice of equanimity for me is truly awakening through the heart. I remember I was having a discussion here with the Venerable Paniwadi, and she teaches a lot on awakening, the stages of awakening. She's a very third noble truther. And I remember even talking with her and, and, and being like, she said, if you're not meditating for awakening, then why are you even meditating? What's the point? <laughs> and really influenced me to go for it. And so she's very inspirational in her styles of teaching. And I, I had a one-on-one -on -one with her, and I said, you know, you teach a lot about awakening, and a lot about the stages of awakening, inspiration for awakening. I teach more on equanimity. And she's like, what should, you know, I'm like, what should I be teaching, awakening or equanimity? And, and she said, oh, they're both the same thing. And to discover that we can awaken through the heart gives me a lot of faith. Because if I read a lot about what the Buddha taught, I don't know. I know half of that stuff I will never understand. But I know I can understand loving kindness. I can understand compassion. I know I can understand appreciation. And to have that validation of that's what we are doing. We are awakening through this heart. That you know, loving kindness is something I really value. I don't know if I'll ever be the smartest person in the room or the, the most stable person in the room. Maybe I can be the most loving person in the room. I like I say, most loving, like it's a competition. <laughs> Let's compete. At, tomorrow we'll have the meter. We'll hook you up. Who wins? Who was the most loving this weekend? The most wholesome competition ever. Huh? But re really, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever going to have, you know, have this mind that doesn't have aggression or depression or difficulties or confusion. But I know I can have the heart that has love. I don't know if I'll be able to spit the deepest dharma ever that the whole room, poof, sudden awakening. But I know I can love every single one of you in here. 
And so I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we should strive to really be a stable, healthy, intelligent, good person. Let's try not to be so good. Let's try to be loving. And that's my ambition for my awakening. Because loving kindness is the Dharma. It's the fullness of the Dharma. I don't think it's something we just do to get ready for the real shit. It is the real shit. Because if we look at the core teachings of the Buddha, what keeps us perpetually wandering in the suffering? It's the craving, it's the hatred, it's the constant reactivity. That the First Noble Truth teaches us that there will be difficulties in life. That there's aging, sickness, death, sorrow, limitation, grief, despair. We'll be separated from all that is dear and we'll be company of things that aren't so great. And what keeps us trapped in our suffering is our relationship to that truth. And the second noble truth is the cause of suffering isn't the difficulties out here, it's the difficulties in here. That our heart keeps grasping onto this world and trying to, to fix it, control it, manipulate it. But if we come into relationship with the world with a kind heart, we can end the reactive, repetitive craving, which is the cause of suffering. And then the third noble truth is the end of suffering. It's this Nibbana, that we can live in a cool heart that is equanimous with all things. And there's a fourth truth that leads to another talk. <laughs> so yeah, and, and I hope that that you've seen things, right, on this retreat. Like I say, I've seen a lot and witnessed a lot. And that we could take this view out into the world, out into the world that has its difficulties, that we can respond with compassion, that it will have its awesomeness. I got a whole list of TV shows I can't wait to watch when I get out of here. <laughs> got to go see Bob's Burgers, that movie came out. New Obi-Wan on Disney+. Plus. All right, come back. <laughs> okay. I think that's about it. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, let's sit for a minute. So just softening into this present time experience, resting in whatever is arising. And just giving this body some deep in and out breaths.
just feeling into this body, being at ease with whatever is arising into this body. Experiencing this body with kindness. May I be at ease. May I be at ease. May I be at peace. May I be at peace. Being at peace with whatever is arising in this experience. Feeling into the heart. As we become kind and gentle with ourselves. May I be kind and gentle with myself. Not demanding that we need to be this way or that way. Regardless of how I am right now, may I be kind and gentle with myself. be filled with loving kindness. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be filled with loving kindness. Hmm. I'm just filling up this body with loving kindness. Filling up this mind with loving kindness. And filling up this heart with loving kindness. May I be filled with loving kindness. Filling up this space with loving kindness. Outside of these walls, 
being filled with loving kindness. And this entire world, the world is mind made. Let's make a kind world. As we rest in the phrases, may I be at ease. May I be at peace. May I be kind and gentle with myself. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be at ease. May I be at peace. May I be kind and gentle with myself. May I be filled with loving kindness. There's only what's loved and what's longing to be loved. What's longing for your love right now? What feels just out of reach, unacceptable, pushed out? May I be at ease with what's hard to love? myself feel bad, wrong, shameful, conflicting. May I be at peace with any of my conflicts. any part of this experience feel unlovable, unworthy of my love, being kind and gentle, may I be kind and gentle with myself. Loving whatever's in this experience. May I 
be filled with loving kindness. Thanks, y'all. Um, sit tight. I think uh, Marika is going to have some a few words with y'all. That sounded bad. She's going to have words with y'all. Yeah, just sit tight.